Welcome to the Ignite Church Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We pray that this message will bring you hope and ignite your faith. Now lean in and enjoy the message. You know, we are in our third session of My Big Fat Tacky Christmas, and it's been a fun time preaching. You know, we, we tend to do church a different way. We tend to have church fun at church. Fun should be church, right? How many want to have fun at church, right? Come on, if you want to have fun at church, right? Church shouldn't be boring. Church shouldn't be lame. Church should be fun, should be engaging, should be creative. You know, our God is a fun God. Our God is a creative God. And our God is an engaging God. Man, we're only nine days away from Christmas. Now, let's see here. How many already have your Christmas completely done? Raise your hand. Christmas is done. Wow. One, two. Three, four. Okay, how many are those type of people that says, I'm going to be those people last minute in long lines in the mall, you know, trying to scramble for Christmas? Raise your hand. You're going to be one of those people. Yeah, okay, a couple of you guys. And the rest of you guys are like, I don't do Christmas. Okay, well, good thing you came to church, you know. <laughs> Christmas is a beautiful time of year. It's a time where, you know, we have lights, we have Christmas trees, we have beautiful uh, cheering and caroling like we saw and fun stuff like the Christmas karaoke that we did. But Christmas is more than just the lights. Christmas is more than the presents under the tree. Christmas is more than arroy y lechon that you eat if you're Cuban on a Christmas Eve. Christmas is about the birth of a savior, the birth of the one who is going to change the world forever. The mir- biggest miracle the world will ever know, it's about Christmas. It's about Jesus Christ. Say with me, Jesus Christ. So can we give Jesus a mighty hand clap praise this morning? Come on. You know, I have a little boy. His name is Liam. He's two years old. You know, when you get to see Christmas through the eyes of a little one, it's so much fun, right? But it's also annoying. <laughs> you know, and I'll tell you why. Because Liam constantly wants to go outside in our neighborhood and walk around and look at the inflatables. Always. Every single day. We have a Mickey Mouse and a Minnie, and we tell him that they're sleeping. You know, when in the morning when he wants to see them, we're like, they're sleeping. You know, we deflate them, they're sleeping. But he knows that they're not sleeping. He knows there's a little button that he could turn them on and Wake them up. So there's a there's this funny because we're walking down our neighborhood and there's this big snowman. It's so big. It's like 15 times his size, right? It's so big that it's not even pretty. Have you ever seen those big uh, decorations that they're not even pretty? You're like, man, that just doesn't match your house. Like for real. He calls it the local snowman because it's so big that he calls it local. You know, it's just a crazy snowman. And sometimes Christmas could be the same way. Christmas could be local, you know, instead of it being a fun time, it could be a crazy crazy time. It's a time where you have to run from one party to the other party, from one company function to the other company function. And with all this chaos and all this craziness going on, sometimes we miss out on the essence of what Christmas is really about. Christmas is not about the presents, like I said. Christmas is not about the delicious food, even though it's good. You know, Christmas is not even about the candy canes or the mistletoes. Christmas is about Jesus Christ. And one thing that we have been discovering throughout this series on My Big Fat Tacky Christmas is that the story of Christmas has a lot of dysfunction, a lot of dysfunction. You know, sometimes we think that of Christmas and it's this beautiful picture of this nativity scene where you see Mary, you know, Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. And you have the three magis, you know, and the, and the whatever the cow, or whatever animals was back then, you know, and it looks like a pretty serene moment. But in reality, there was a lot of dysfunction going on. How many of you say that you have dysfunction in your family? You could say, man, my family is dysfunctional. Come on, anybody here? And if you didn't raise your hand, you're already dysfunctional because everybody has a dysfunctional family somewhere or some other. One thing that we've uh, been doing throughout this series is that we discovered that 
God can use your dysfunction to function now his plans. God can use your dysfunction to function now his plans for your life. We saw that to Zechariah. You know the story of Zechariah that uh, God tells, sends an angel to Zechariah. He was old. His wife was old. They had no children. His wife was barren and, and childless. And, and the, the angel says, your prayer has been heard. How many of you this morning would love to hear God say, your prayer has been heard? I heard your prayer the moment you raised your voice to heaven. I did not give up on you. I have not given up on you. I am working behind the scenes. Your prayer has been heard. But sometimes we're like Zachariah that we're in disbelief even when an angel shows up and tells us your prayer has been heard. And we do the same thing Zachariah did. He was so dysfunctional that he said, how could this be? I mean, come on, let's be honest. I'm old. She's old. Uh -uh, nothing's going to happen there. But the angel said, because you didn't believe what I message that I gave you, you will be mute until the baby is born in its appointed time. How many know that there's an appointed time for your miracle? How many know there's an appointed time for your breakthrough? How many know there's an appointed time for your blessing? God has already written it in his book, in his planning book. He already said, so-and-so's breakthrough is this day, this time, this hour, and nothing, not even hell, could change that time because when God establishes his time in his appointed time, it shall come to pass. The second week of, of my big fat tacky Christmas, we spoke about what are God's impossibilities? None. What are God's impossibilities? None. He shows up to Mary. She is a virgin, you know, and he says, you will bear a child, Mary. And she's like, what? I don't even know a man. How can I bear a child? Don't worry. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will bear a child. And he is going to bring salvation to this world. He is going to be the son of the king. He is going to be the son of God. And you're going to be used. Your womb is going to be used to do miracles because the man who's coming out of you is sent from heaven. What are God's impossibilities? None. Whatever your impossibility is today in God's hand, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. You know, but even though Christmas is a lot of fun, I remember that when we started uh, putting this series together with my team, we got together and we started speaking about it. And we said, man, Christmas is a lot of fun and it's a lot of meaning behind Christmas. But Christmas is a crazy time. Christmas is a cray cray time. Now, let me explain. You know, Christmas is a time where you worry about who's going to go to your family gatherings. Does that happen to you? You're like, how is so-and-so going to react when so-and-so shows up? You know, is so-and-so going to behave at dinner time? Is so-and-so going to get together? You know, how many of you have one of those uh, uh, relationships in your family that you're like worrying about at those Christmas gatherings or Christmas get-togethers, right? You're constantly. So Christmas could be a cray-cray time. Uh, also, Christmas could be a cray-cray time when you have to give your coworker a gift and you don't know how they're going to respond to the gift that you're giving them. How many of you do Secret Santa? Anybody do Secret Santa here, right? And, and, and how many of you are like worrying like, oh my God, I don't know if to get this person this because then how about if they don't like it? And sometimes we get so clouded by these things and these thoughts about Christmas that we miss out on the essence of what Christmas is really about. Christmas is full of dysfunction and no matter how you see it, it has a lot of dysfunction. But like I said, it's not about the pretty bowls on the tree or the gifts under it. 
Christmas is about Jesus. Oh, we can't forget about one thing. How many of you remember, or probably still do this, those of you who are Latin, you know, the famous Christmas picture where you lay out all your Christmas gifts, either on your bed or on the, the couch, and you take a picture of all the Christmas gifts you got. Has anybody ever done that before? Or is my family the only dysfunctional one that does that? Yeah? Anybody? Okay, there's some people like, I don't want people to know I do that. <laughs> Christmas is a beautiful story on how God can do something out of nothing. God can do something out of nothing. If one thing we've come to realize about the story of Christmas is that even though we think everything makes sense, nothing really makes sense. Does that happen to you in life? Where you think everything makes sense or expect everything to make sense, but yet nothing makes sense? Or you think that everything should be well aligned, but everything is completely dysfunctional and out of line? Where, everything seemed, where you thought that everything was going to be perfect, but really you have a completely imperfect life? Well, that's what Christmas really speaks about. And I want to encourage you and tell you miracles do not need to make sense. Because if they did, then they wouldn't be a miracle. Today we will discover how God doesn't need anything but just faith to show up and show off. We'll go back to the story of a family tree we spoke about early on in the book of Matthew chapter one. There's this big genealogy about who is, a, you know, this person begot this person and this person begot this person and we get to Jesus Christ. And if you think about your family tree, you think about all the dysfunction in your family tree. But when you look at Jesus Christ's dysfunctional family tree, there's a lot of dysfunction. There's murderers, there's thieves, there's robbers, you know, there's prostitutes, however you want to call them. There's a bunch of sinners in Jesus Christ's family tree. You think about your family tree is full of a bunch of jacked up, screwed up individuals, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> but we go back to the beginning of the family tree of Jesus Christ, Abraham, somebody who really didn't have it together all the time. He was an adulterer. But he had some things that really catch my attention because even though the family tree was full of a bunch of jacked up, screwed up, however you want to call it, individuals, they all had one common thing, aside from being sinners. They all had one common thing. They believed God. They believed God. Abraham was a man who went out by the voice of God. Abraham, I want you to go to this land. And he just went walking. And he just went in faith. Abraham was a man that God said, hey, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. But yet he was old. His wife was old. They had no children. And God said, I'm going to make you a nation that is as stars in the sky, as the sea, as as, as, as sand on the seashore. It's going to be multiplied. It's going to be huge. And yet he believed God. And it was counted for him as righteousness. Jesus Christ's genealogy was full of a lot, a lot of dysfunction. We spoke about Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary, but we miss out on one important individual, Joseph. Have you noticed that the Bible doesn't really speak a lot about Joseph? It speaks about, about Mary, right? There's religions out there that worship Mary, right? It speaks about Zechariah. It speaks about Elizabeth, but what happened to Joseph? Where's the story or the life of Joseph in play? Look what it says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 24. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. That just sounds crazy already, right? About to get married already pregnant through the Holy Spirit, kind of crazy. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. 
But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Talk about a crazy dream. How many of you have some crazy dreams that you really don't know how to put them together? You just don't understand what they are. Think about this. You know, Mary, Mary is about to get married with Joseph. Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant. He's like, how can you be pregnant? We haven't had relationship. Did you be unfaithful to me? She's like, no, an angel came and told me that this is the son of God. Like oh, for real sound of God. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, go somewhere with that else with that joke. But now Joseph is growing crazy because he is a man of God. He's a, he's just, the Bible says he is a just man. He obeyed God. He wanted to do things right, but he wanted to get away from this whole entire scenario, all of the dysfunction secretly. Has it ever happened to you that you are going through such trials and tribulations in life, you're going through so much dysfunction that you try to take these situations into your hand, that you try to get away from them secretly? But the angel of the Lord showed up and told Joseph, do not be afraid. The three stories that we have read so far in this series have something in common. An angel shows up and says the same thing. Do not be afraid. Zachariah, do not be afraid. Mary, do not be afraid. Joseph, do not be afraid. The difference here is that Zachariah and Mary was that they were afraid of the angel. Joseph, on the other hand, was afraid of the decision that he was about to make. Sometimes we're so filled of so much things going on in our life and our minds are so clouded that we're constantly being afraid of the decisions that we have to make. And instead of seeking God in his direction, we seek our own direction. Joseph was about to make the biggest mistake of his life, but God intervened and showed up. Sometimes we are so caught up in our emotions and, 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 and what other think of what we are going to do and what we're going to consider making. And we're so worried and we're so afraid but we forget that out of our dysfunction, God could do a beautiful story. We forget that God could use anything to do something powerful in our lives. Joseph was a just man and he didn't want society to name uh, Mary crazy or, 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 adul or adulterer or fornicator, whatever you want to call it. She, he wanted to walk away quietly. But God said, no, Joseph, hang in there because whatever you considered this as dysfunction, I'm going to use it to make an amazing story. I'm going to use it to not only make a story, I'm going to change the world through this quote unquote that you consider dysfunction. Do not be afraid. Your dysfunction is his masterpiece in the making. Your dysfunction is his masterpiece in the making. Whatever your dysfunction is, whatever you're facing that you consider dysfunction is his masterpiece in the making. Would you believe God this morning for that? Would you believe that he is working it out for you? Joseph represents you and I. God shows up and is doing something behind the scenes, but we don't understand it. And although we are told that he is working, we doubt it. Does that happen to you? Let's be honest. How many of you pray for something, but yet you're doubting while you're praying? Raise your hand. 
Be honest. You're praying for something, but yet you're doubting while you're praying. You're like, oh, let me just pray just in case. But behind your mind, behind the back of your head, you're like, oh, I don't know if that could happen. It seems impossible. Although that we're told that God is working behind the scenes, immediately we start brainstorming what we can do instead of what God is already doing. We start thinking, oh, what can I do? How can I fix this? How can I turn it around? How can I make this relationship better? How can I get healthier? The doctor said this. I can't believe it. How do I, what do I have to do? Who do I have to pay? How do I get to the, and we start getting so clouded in the me, 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 that we forget that God is already in the circumstance. God is already in the situation. Joseph was like, how can I get out of this situation quietly? The angel says, do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife because there's purpose in this dysfunction. There's purpose in what you consider incorrect and what you think that is wrong and what you think that shouldn't happen to you. What you think that they did wrong to you, don't worry, God will turn it around. What the enemy has thrown against you, all the rocks that the enemy has thrown against you, all the lies the enemy has thrown against you, all the things that the devil has told that you that you are not... Don't worry. God is going to turn it around. God is going to turn it around. Just continue believing. Just continue believing. Probably this morning you're facing similar situation. I, I mean, not that your spouse is pregnant to the Holy Spirit, but, you know, something that you don't understand, something that you don't realize. You're like, why am I going through this? Why hasn't God showed up? Why hasn't God changed the course of my life? Why God hasn't set me free? Why God hasn't healed me? Things are not aligning the way that you thought that they should be. And although you pray and hear sermons like this one, that God is in the works and God is behind the scenes, you sometimes lose hope. But friend, I pray that this morning you don't lose hope. But realize this, masterpieces are not created in a day. The seven wonders of the world were not created in a day. You are God's miracle in progress. And you could have this comfort. God is with us. God is with us. What did the angel tell Joseph says the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. Say with me, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. which means God with us, God with us, God with us, not only God for us, but God with us. How many of you function better when you have somebody by your side helping you, supporting you, encouraging you? Raise your hand. Right? Well, know this. You have God with you. You have God with you. You might be thinking that he has left you. You might have thought that he has forsaken you. But there is a promise in the word of God. Emmanuel is with you. Emmanuel, God with us, is with you. He hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't forsaken you. And it was fulfilled when the angel said, the virgin will give birth and conceive and his name will be Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Joseph, Mary, and Zachariah did not know what was about to happen. All they knew what was what the angel told them. Do not be afraid. Probably this morning, that's all you needed to hear this morning. Do not be afraid. 
Did you know that fear is the thing that kills your faith? Fear is the thing that tries to overcome you and take you over because it knows that if it has a hold of your heart, you have no hope, you have no light, you have no reason to look forward on things because it has overcome you. It's like darkness overcoming you. But fear is a liar. You know why fear is a liar? Because fear has forgotten something. God is with us. Fear could come. Fear could try to overcome. Fear could try to cloud you. Fear could try to, you know, to struck you down, but it has forgotten something. God is with us. God is with us. I believe God wants to remind someone this morning that the work that he started in you is not over. He has not finished his masterpiece. He is still working it out for the good in your life. And just like the angel said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Jesus was about to be born into a dysfunctional world, a dysfunctional family, but with a promise that God was and is with us. We are in this world and although we don't understand it and why things happen, we can have this comfort. God is with us. Christmas is a reminder every year that God not only loves us, but also wants to be with us. This is the reason why he gave his son. Listen to this. The verse says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, meaning be without God, but have everlasting life, meaning be with God. God never wanted separation. God doesn't want separation. God wants you. God has not forgotten you. God has not forsaken you. He has had you in his mind. He has you in his thoughts. The Bible says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. He has not forgotten you. You know, sometimes we feel in Christmas that we are forgotten. Sometimes, you know, has it ever happened to you that many people give beautiful gifts? And you're like, well, why didn't they give me this? Why didn't they give me that? And you feel forgotten or forsaken. God is not the one who goes to Macy's and buys you a gift card. He gave his son, Jesus Christ. He gave you everything. He said, here's my bank account. It is packed. It's life. Sometimes we have this wrong idea of what Christmas is really about. Christmas is about Jesus giving you hope and giving you life. It's about Jesus dying on a cross for you. First being born, of course, but taking that life and showing you how to live life and then dying for you to give you a relationship with God Almighty. Amen. Christmas is not about the gifts. It's about the gift. His name is Jesus. Whatever dysfunction you have today, know this, God is unwrapping it. And he is unwrapping it because he is showing you that he is using your dysfunction to function out his plans. Do not be afraid. Your miracle is in motion. Your miracle is in motion. Would you be willing to obey God this morning by believing him that your miracle is in motion? That your dysfunction, it's just part of the story. It really is. Why did God allow dysfunction? Because it's part of the story. Dysfunction was not about Jesus. Jesus was not dysfunctional. Yet everyone who surrounded him was dysfunctional. It was part of the story to show us, hey, if Jesus lived in a dysfunctional world, in a dysfunctional family, we have hope, people. We have hope. Because we live in a dysfunctional world and we have dysfunctional families, so we have hope that God is with us.
God is with us. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we, we're so clouded, like I tell you about all these things, about all these worries, about all these tasks and schedules. But we forget that God is with us. God was there before you woke up this morning. God was there before you realized you had life today. God was there the moment that you took your coffee this morning. God is there the moment that you get in your car today to go home. God is there tomorrow morning when you open your eyes to go to work. God is there when you are facing troubles and tribulations that you're like, where are you? God is there. God is there when the doctor has given you a negative report. God is there when the doc when they knocked on your door and says there's foreclosure coming home. That God is there. Amen. Yeah. God is not afraid of the circumstances. God is not afraid or, oh my God, I didn't see that coming. No, God knows all things and he reminds you today, I am with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I know it's harder to believe it, but that's why the angels hold, Joseph, do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife because what is going to be born in her is going to change the world. What's going to be born in her is going to change the course of humanity. Joseph, this looks like dysfunction. It really does. You're about to get married. You're going to, you're going to have a wife and she tells you she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Come on now. That sounds like some hocus pocus stuff. But don't worry, Joseph, do not be afraid. God is in this. God is in this. Friends, they're going to come knocking on your door probably with bad news. It's inevitable. It will happen. But know this, God is with you. When you go to the doctor, you might not receive the notices that you want to receive. Don't worry. God is with you. God is with you. Instead of saying, God, where are you? Start saying, God, you're with me. Amen. God, you're with me. I know it doesn't seem right, God. I know that things are not happening the way that I want them, Lord, but I am believing that you're working behind the scenes, God. I am your masterpiece in your hand, God, and you're molding me, you're working me out, you're breaking the things, God, that do not please you, and you're making me into the image and likeness of you because I am your masterpiece in your hands, yes. Joseph could have said, you know, Angel, it's, it's nice talking to you. It's, 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 it's been a pleasure. It, it sounds cool. It sounds good. Like sometimes we come to church and, man, the pastor said some great stuff, but it just can't happen for me. It really can. It's just, it's not for me. You could do, Joseph could have said that, but it says no. And the verse, the last part of the verse says, he acted upon, he says, he went and he took Mary as his wife. Would you act upon God's word today? And as you walk out of this place, say, I'm not gonna be afraid anymore. I'm gonna trust that God is with me. Amen. God is with me. God is gonna restore my family. Amen. God is gonna heal my marriage. God is gonna restore my children. God is gonna heal my body. God is gonna restore my, fi my finances. God is gonna make this miracle. God is gonna open these doors and close these doors. For Amen. God, nothing is Amen. impossible. That's right. I'm gonna believe God. I'm going to believe God. I want you to close your eyes as we close today, this morning. I'm going to just repeat that over and over just so it could just record in your heart, be recorded in the tablets of your heart. God is with you. 
something that we, we see in Christmas cards and we sing and, and we know what Emmanuel means, but sometimes we forget that it is real. God is with us. God is with us. God will use your dysfunction to function out his plans. Your dysfunction is his masterpiece in the making. There's purpose in what you see as dysfunction. For God, nothing is impossible. Father God, I thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you for your presence today. Thank you for your grace. That's all we need, it's your grace. Thank you, Jesus, because you are with us. Sometimes, Lord, it feels like, where are you? So, sometimes we really, it really does feel like that, God. It feels like you're absent, Lord, but the reason why it feels like you're absent is because we've taken your place with the worries of life, God. And I pray that this morning, God, we will learn to surrender to you and trust you. Like Joseph, he could have worried and said, oh, yeah, it sounds pretty and stuff, but he trusted what the angel said, God. And I pray that this morning, God, those words would just, just flow in our hearts and our mind, Father God, that you are with us, that we don't have to be afraid anymore, God, that you are for us, and if you are for us, who dare be against us? God, that you love us, that your love is unconditional. I pray for everyone in this place, God, you know the things that they're facing. You know their hearts, God. I pray, Lord, that in this morning, you would inspire them, encourage them, inject them with faith today, God, like you did to these people, Lord, that they were just normal human beings, Lord. They didn't have it all together. Actually, they were really screwed up, God, and yet you chose them to do something amazing, God. I pray that you would do the same in our lives. Restore the families that need to be restored. Heal the hearts that need to be healed. Bring healing to the sick bodies right now in the name of Jesus, God. I pray, Lord, that your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, God. That we will see you in every aspect of our life, Lord. We will see you at work, we will see you at home, we will see you with our children, we will see you with our spouses, we will see you in our family, God. We will see you with our coworkers, we will see you with our friends. Lord, that everything we do will be around you, Jesus. That you will be the center of our lives, God. Before I close today, this service, I never like to close without giving the opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Sometimes we've heard so many preachings and so many sermons and we've really never given our life to Jesus. And we're like, well, what does that mean? It just means that you surrender your life to Christ. It means that you will learn, to, you would start living with him today and not doing life on your own. The Bible says that he died for you on a cross so that you won't have to be doing this anymore alone so you won't have to struggle anymore alone you will struggle that's that's I'm not saying you're not going to struggle I'm not going to be one of those preachers that says that you won't struggle but the beautiful thing is that you won't struggle alone anymore because he will fight the battle with you and for you if that's you this morning says man I need Jesus I've tried it on my own it hasn't worked out I want him you have nothing to lose but everything to gain this morning. Would you give your life to Jesus? I'm going to count to three. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Everybody with their eyes closed. This is the day the Lord has made. One, two, don't wait until tomorrow because tomorrow is not assured. Today you have this opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. And three, would you raise your hand to heaven today and surrender your life to Jesus? I'm going to pray for you. Raise your hand. Three, anybody here? I see a couple hands up in the name of Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. 
God bless you. If you raise your hand, I just want you to repeat this prayer under your breath. You don't have to do it out loud or, or you know, stand up. This is between you and God. Just say, Lord Jesus, I recognize today that I need you. I thank you for loving me so much that you gave your life on the cross for me. I give you my heart, Jesus. I ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Help me from this day forth live for you all the days of my life. Thank you for salvation, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Would you please stand to your feet this morning with me? Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap praise. Come on, church. Tomorrow, or actually when you walk out through these doors, because that's how the devil is, he's a liar. When the enemy tries to put fear in your heart, speak back to fear. Amen. Don't say quiet. Yeah. Speak to fear and say, fear, you have no power. Amen. Yeah. I choose today to not be afraid. I got my assignment. My assignment is do not be afraid. God right. is with me. Yeah, that's right. Don't let fear tell you anymore who you are. You tell fear who you are. You are a son and daughter of God. That's right. You are a beloved. That's you right. are a head and yeah, not a tail. You are a victor and yeah. not a victim. Yeah. God has called you to greater things. The days of yesterday are long gone. Yeah. Today is a new day. The best yes, is yet Lord. to come. Come on, church. Yeah. You got to open on, your yeah. eyes because the horizon is just about to rise up. And God has something amazing for you. And God has a plan for you. God has not left you, nor will he forsake you. Next time you feel lonely, call upon the name of Jesus. The Bible says, if you call upon Jesus, you will be saved. Amen. Next time fear comes knocking on the door of your heart, say, hey, go talk on somebody else's heart. Yeah. Go knock on someone else's door because this door belongs to Jesus yeah. Christ. This door belongs to my Lord and Savior, which I gave my life to today. Next time the enemy comes and tells you through your mirror, when you're looking in the mirror that you're a, you're a coward, you have no purpose, you were never attained to anything, you tell the devil, devil, you are a coward because you show yourself through a mirror. Devil, you are a coward because you speak to me through the things that you think that I am, which I am not. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. I am a beloved of God. I have purpose. This week is going to be your best week so far. Amen. How many believe that? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. There's a miracle in motion, people. Yeah. God is doing something behind the scenes. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. You know what the beautiful thing? How many of you love bloopers? Anybody love bloopers? Like when you're watching a movie that you feel the bloopers and the funny things behind the scenes? Yeah. Get ready because God is going to show you the bloopers of your life. God is working behind the scenes and the things that you cried for today, you will laugh at tomorrow. Amen. The things that you cried for today, you would say, hey God, that was so much fun. At first you didn't think it was fun, but God is gonna show you that it was a part of a blooper in your life. The best is yet to come. Father, I bless everyone in this place today. I thank you for their lives. I thank you for their families. I pray your protection over them, God. I declare, Lord, the best days are still ahead of them. This week will be a blessed week. Everything they put their hands to do will prosper and succeed, Lord. You will give them an anointing of ease, God. Everything that seemed impossible and hard yesterday will be possible and easy today, God. I declare, Father God, that these people are a blessed people, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a head and not a tail. 
fail, Father God. And wherever they walk and wherever they go, your presence will go with them, Father God. I declare this in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, let's give the Lord a happy clap praise. Come on, church. At Ignite, we count it a blessing to engage each week with supporters just like you. If you were blessed by today's word, subscribe to our podcast and share it with someone you know. We believe in spreading the message of Jesus like a wildfire. Thank you for your support and be sure to check us out on any of our social media platforms at Church Ignite. Until next time, be blessed and remember the best is yet to come.